While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. A few years ago, I did an episode on lost treasure in Northeast Georgia, and in that episode, I spent about three minutes talking about the fate of the Confederate treasury. I did say at the time that the story of the Confederate gold could be its own episode, and here it is. This is Moving Through Georgia, and this is the saga of the Confederate gold. In January of 2023, I published an episode called Jefferson Davis Escapes that tells the story of the Confederate government's trip out of Richmond, leading to Jefferson Davis's arrest near Irwinville, Georgia. Throughout the entire trip, the group was pursued by Union troops who had been offered $100,000 for the arrest of the Confederate president. Add to that a half-million-dollar bounty for recovery of the Confederate treasury, which would be paid from the money that was recovered. United States officials were theorizing that Davis's party was carrying anywhere from two to thirteen million dollars. It's possible Jefferson Davis left Richmond with no intention to surrender or end the war. He planned to travel to Texas or maybe Mexico recruit soldiers from the West and continue fighting. On May 4th, the group came to Washington, Georgia, and they certainly didn't have all the money they had started out with. They had paid a lot of Confederate soldiers along the way, they had expenses, and they would donate money to help soldiers get home. When he was captured, Davis had no real amount of money with him. The soldiers that arrested him on that cold, damp morning as Davis wrapped a blanket around himself to stay warm had to go to court to demand their reward. So what I'm about to say next might make the shortest episode ever. There was no Confederate treasury and Davis did not leave Richmond with hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's no money, thank you for listening. The treasury may have been empty. In 1865, the Confederate Congress did declare bankruptcy. I declare bankruptcy! That will never get old. Anyway, if the Confederacy had the vast riches that the Union was pursuing, why wouldn't they have simply invested it in guns, blankets, food, and pay for soldiers? An easy answer is that the Confederacy did need to stash some money. You'll remember Davis didn't see this trip as an escape from capture. He saw it as relocating the government in exile so the Confederacy could continue. Yes, some was embezzled, some was actually hidden, and some had been given to people overseas for safekeeping. But there was another group that left Richmond with a lot of money. Even though it was bankrupt, the Confederate government was still functioning because of a technicality. Some banks in Virginia did offer to loan the government $300,000 out of their patriotic pride and their belief in the values and ideals of the Confederate government. No, banks don't work like that. They did loan the money, but they loaned it to the state of Virginia the state provided bonds for the collateral. Lincoln's government did not recognize the existence of the Confederacy, but it did recognize individual state governments. 
if the Confederacy fell, any loans it had taken out would disappear into the wind, but the state of Virginia would still be there and would still owe the money. When both groups reached Washington, Georgia, a meeting was held and the Confederate government was officially dissolved. They no longer needed that money, so it was deposited into the Bank of the State of Georgia in Washington, Georgia, to eventually be returned to the bankers in Richmond. At that point, there were Confederate officials headed to Washington, Georgia, to supervise the removal of the gold, and also there were officials from the banks on the way. Davis was arrested and a lot of people scattered, but those that were interested in the money arranged to have the dough taken by wagon to South Carolina and then by rail to Virginia. Soldiers were detailed as an escort and on May 24th, two weeks after Davis's arrest, off it went. On the first night, the wagon train camped in Lincoln County, about three miles from the Savannah River. Late at night, an unidentified man in a United States Army uniform rode through the camp and then faded into the darkness. Within an hour, a gang of 20 armed men on horses stampeded into the camp, sending everyone into a panic. They ordered the soldiers to surrender, and they did. To the bank officials, they identified themselves as members of United States Cavalry Regiment from Tennessee, and they proceeded to fill their saddlebags with silver and gold coins. Of course, they couldn't carry it all, and a lot fell on the ground as they scooped it up, so the locals searched the ground the next day, bringing home handfuls of gold and silver. One robber apparently had a hole in his saddlebag, or had overfilled it, and left a trail of money leading through the woods. A former Confederate general named Porter Alexander led the search for, you know, those that had taken the bank's money, and did recover some of it. A few of the robbers were arrested, but they managed to escape. Robert Toombs, the former Confederate Secretary of State, turned over $5,000 that he claimed had been thrown over his fence. He asked that the money be used to feed returning veterans. The search for the bank's money coincided with a lot of general looting and robbery that was happening at the close of the war, and which was committed by those on each side. The only difference is that when the Union soldiers were looting, they claimed that they were searching for the Confederate gold. And at the head of those Union soldiers was General Edward Wilde. Wilde had extensive military experience. He had fought on three different continents. Incidentally, he also lost an arm in 1862. He was a fierce abolitionist and advocated the use of black soldiers in the Federal Army. He did have a reputation for being overly harsh with Southerners, and now he was in charge of searching the area for the Confederate gold. And that's how they happened upon the plantation home of Abraham Dionysus Chenault. This is a home in Lincoln County that still stands today. Chenault was known for feeding returning Confederate veterans and offering them a safe place to rest as they traveled home. There was some sort of rumor that the Chenaults had plenty of money and were kind of bragging about it while everyone else was going without, so Wilde entered the house with 12 black soldiers and began ripping the place apart in search of gold. 
Jinnault, who weighed about 300 pounds at this point, and his cancer-stricken brother were taken into the woods and hung up by their thumbs. Neither was able to divulge the location of any treasure. A few more family members were brought into the woods and tortured until another Union officer arrived and took command. The family was confined in the courthouse on bread and water while the search continued. When he had heard what had happened, Grant tried to muster Wilde out of the army, but he had some political connections and some powerful friends, so he stayed until retirement. Eventually, just about every square inch of Washington, Georgia, and the surroundings had been searched for the treasure, and the fight moved from the fields to the courthouse. President Johnson's attorneys held the position that any money that had been part of the Confederate Treasury now belonged to the United States. The Richmond banks were declared insolvent, but the court battle for the money continued throughout the 1870s. In 1887, the Congress resolved to let a United States federal court settle the matter, and in 1893, the claimants were awarded $16,000. Now, by this point, these claimants weren't the banks, but people who had purchased or acquired the debt. The rest of the money was declared to be United States property. All right, this is Moving Through Georgia, a Georgia history podcast that uh, focuses on Northeast Georgia, but we wander around a bit. If you like what you hear and you want other people to hear these kinds of stories, please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you listen on. It really matters. For this episode, I relied heavily on a Georgia Historical Quarterly article called The Georgia Odyssey of the Confederate Gold. I can also recommend a book about Abraham Chenault called Nish, The South's Man of Mystery and Deception by a local author named Bob Young. Chenault was a character who eventually relocated to Northeast Georgia, and that book is available on Amazon. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia, that's all.